Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello. Once again, we welcome you to Ayers on the Road. We're always on the road in one way or another, but then again, most of us are, especially those with children and trying to, a lot of you parents are on the road mostly just to take your kids to lessons and to baseball games and to where their coaches are and their piano teachers are and on and on and on. We're up at Bear Lake today. We're gathering. We are start. The influx is starting today. By the end of the week, we will have 50 people. 50 people in this in this IR realm reunion. It'll be both a blessing and a curse. We'll make it through. We'll have wonderful <laughs> moments of joy. And we'll also have moments when we're like, when will this be over? A lot of <laughs> chaos and confusion, but that's what it's all about. We are so excited. We've got them coming from all over the world, literally from Switzerland, from London, from Hawaii, from New York City and Phoenix and everywhere. So, And don't let us overemphasize the numbers. We were just with some good friends yesterday who had been uh, – a little outing in Hawaii, and they were saying how great it was to see families who are much smaller and, and wonderful in their own way, a uh, family with, you know, two kids and one cousin and a grandpa and a mom. And what a great thing. And, and the whole idea of in family, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the configuration. It's not about the traditional or otherwise. It's just about love. It's about you know what it's about, Linda? It's about the old cliche, blood really is thicker than water. And I, we love, uh, the fourth was great because how many families did we see together? And some of them are bickering and having a problem, but they're all working at it. They're all trying. They're all learning. That's the important thing, parents as well as children. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of um, different relationships in families, and some are easy and some are hard, but it, it is we're pretty lucky to have easy uh, in most cases. And so, um, but the hard ones are really hard. So the hard ones are really hard. Really hard. With the extended family, we've got issues just like the many of you out there. And it really is an amazing experience to deal with family. Many of you this weekend are probably listening from a vacation or on the road or you're going somewhere. It's the end of a holiday week. And we're just glad you tuned in because today, we're going to be talking about what we call the top 10 parenting tip number six. There's no particular order to these. We just picked the, t the 10 ideas that we've run across and helped to develop, which we think seem to work in, in pretty much every family that tries them. And today, today's you might call a, a critical one. I mean, I don't know if it's more important than the others, but in some cases it's, it's what you would call critical because it's helping kids make good decisions you know, our experience and yours is probably the same. When you run onto a family where there's been some really bad choices made by the kids, maybe it involved substance abuse, maybe it involved driving with someone who'd been drinking, maybe it involved um, just, you know, cheating on a test uh, because they weren't prepared and there were some real consequences. And, you know, you see some of these decisions that throw a whole family into a tailspin and some of them to be honest families never recover from and and we've we've asked the question that so many of us have asked why you know how can a kid make such a dumb decision in some cases and and of course when we think about it we know the answer it's not 
it's not because they have black little hearts and they're dead set against their family or they want to destroy the, the, the relationship or they want to go into a downward tailspin. It's, it's simple. It's because peer pressure hit them at a moment when they weren't expecting it and they just weren't ready. They weren't prepared. It's the old Boy Scout motto. It's be prepared. And how, that's the question we want to address today. How do you prepare your kids, whether they're four years old and, and you just see their future as they're growing older and they're facing, starting to face little choices, or whether it's a mid-teenager who's every day facing choices. Will he, will he play Fortnite for too long? Will he go with friends who are not safe? Will he try something that he hadn't ought to try? On and on and on. So that's a long-winded introduction. But, but I just want to say this is an incredibly, I use the word critical, topic. How can we help kids be prepared so that when the rubber meets the road, when their feet are on the fire, to mix a metaphor, they, they make the right choice instead of the wrong choice. Well, it's, it's so interesting. This, this is something I think someone suggested to us so many years ago um, in, in a little different context. But we suddenly realized, gosh, you know what? The best thing we can do with our, for our kids when they face hard decisions in this crazy world they're growing up in is to help them make some decisions in advance and to think about what might happen to them and how they might how they might how they would react in situations that are really really difficult and we decided to really take it seriously we decided to set it up we started with a family meeting talking about how important decisions were and then we decided to uh, do some one-on-one -on -one role playing and in family meetings and what would you do if this happened um, let's let's see. And then we had kids role play things. It was it just kind of a fun activity for a family meeting. What would you do if so and so said, "Why don't you just try, uh, just try this smoke?" Now in our days, smoking was a big deal. Now it's marijuana and other things that are just making life so much more complicated. But um, talk about why why you would not smoke or why you would not do something that was dangerous let, for but, your body. But let's go back a little more on this. Let's really set the stage here before we give you a template for how to do this. What you said is exactly what, what, what we want to get to, Linda. Um, but let me, let me do a theoretical thing here for a minute. What kids need is, is the same thing adults need. We need to role play it. Now I'm a, I'm a, product of a, an MBA school, a business school. And many of you who are listening may have been gone to business school or know people who did. And you may know what the case study method is. The case study method is a way of learning where you don't give people the answers and you don't just give them a problem and ask them to have the answers. What you do is you put people in a situation. You're in this company and you have this responsibility. You're the vice president of marketing two people come in and give you these two alternatives and you do, you look at these numbers and so on. What do you do? How do you do it? What do you, what's the, uh, the optimal way to handle this situation? And, and it's been proven over and over again that that's the best way to train decision makers. If they've seen a certain kind of situation in theory, 
or in a story or in a case study or a role play, then when they hit something that is that same situation or something close to it in real life, they know what to do. Now think how that principle applies, how well it applies to our children, especially as they get into adolescence and they start facing what some of us might call temptations or others might call peer pressure and so on. What if they walk into it blind? They've never thought of it before. They never, they've never imagined that this particular thing would happen to them. What do you do? And so um, we're going to walk you through a kind of an exercise that you do with a child. Uh, and, and by the way, this, this is not just something we've experimented with. I'm guessing we have probably taught this principle to 10,000 parents. And we get feedback from some of them on how it works. It's not a perfect system. If a child makes a decision in advance, I'm never going to try drugs. That's wonderful. It's not a guarantee, but it is a wonderful way to try to prevent things from happening. But we think there's kind of a certain way to go about it, don't you think, Linda? I mean, you don't just you don't just say, "Ah, oh, hey, sit down, Billy. Let's make some decisions in advance." You're never gonna you're never gonna try drugs, are you? You're you're not gonna ever ride in a car with a drunken driver, are you? Hey, you're going to go to college, aren't you? That, that's totally the wrong way to go about it. What we've got to bring about is, is a kid who's thinking. we got to get him thinking about a situation or a choice that he hasn't faced yet, but he's going to face it. And you can never really come up with everything. I mean, you can't think of everything. But the, the process of making good decisions is what we're talking about here. And you're not going to think of them, by the way. That's what we're going to get into. You're going to ask the kid to think of what decisions he can make in advance. Right. And, uh, you know, just put a little humor in this. Uh, Richard and I kind of disagree on when you should start doing this with your kids. He thinks eight is perfect. I think eight years old. I think they're just too young to to realize what's going on then. I mean, they can think about it. They can think about it. But as far as we ask them to actually formalize this, to write it down and have, we gave them a journal on um, a special birthday or something and say, you know, with engraved sometimes with their name and, and then turn to the last page and write this title at the top of the page, decisions I have made in advance. And then have them really think about what they have decided they're going to do. And it's usually like, Maybe eight things, six, eight, eight or ten. ten Most kids we've found and, can come up with eight or ten, but not all at once. You don't. Yeah. This is not something you want to sit down and do in one evening. And in fact, this this ought to be a process of several meetings. And these are individual meetings. This is not a family group meeting. This is not with three or four siblings sitting there. This is you as parents, if you're a two-parent family, both of you, and one child. And you're saying, well, you started off, and it is neat to have this journal or this special place so they know this is really. And when I when I do write one down, and when my parents approve it, I'm going to sign it. I'm going to sign it. I'm a, I'm a little 10-year-old. I'm going to sign it and date it. This is like a contract with myself. And so we want to walk you through how to do that and how to make it really, really memorable, how to make it so you know, such an impression on that child that he really is. And I have to say, Linda has a lot of fun with it. I still, we've not only done this with our own kids, but we've done it with uh, a lot of kids in speeches and in group meetings and in seminars and so on. And I like how Linda has a lot of fun with it. She says, you know, what are some decisions you could make right now? 
and then she throws a few at them that make them laugh. Um, I just I like to say, okay, let's decide. Let's decide right now how many kids you're going to have. That would be fun. I mean, think about that, you know. And you're, like, you're ten years oh, old or whatever. No, I can't do. That. Well, let's decide where you're going to be living, like in. 10 years from now, where, where do you think you'll be living? I mean, this is, let's decide who you're going to marry right now. <laughs> well, and, and those kinds of things. And obviously, you know, they said, no, I can't decide that now. And obviously there are things that you can't decide right now, but then we, we kind of work around with the things you can decide right now. And then you, and, after you set it up that way, you ask them, what, is there anything you could decide right now? And th this is interesting, Linda, cause I, I do think it's neat to start at eight because it evolves, you know, they might not have all the decisions in their mind yet, but you can add a decision to that list as they get nine or 10 or 11. But I will admit that sometimes eight year olds are <laughs> not quite ready. I did oh. this with a granddaughter. <laughs> well, you go ahead, then I'll have a story. Well, she's eight years old and I'm sitting down with her and I'm doing the decisions and events with the permission of her parents. They've been working on it too. And, and I say, Eliza, look, you're eight years old, but are there any decisions you could make right now that would go all the way through your life? And I'm really probing. I'm trying to get her to say, I'll never drink. I'm trying to get her to say, I'm going to go to college. And so, and she's thinking about it. I'm not giving her the decisions. I'm just trying to get her thinking. Anything, Eliza, that you're just sure you'll never do? And she thinks for a minute and says, yep, yep, grandfather, I've decided. I will never ride a bike naked in public. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, go oh, good. Good. That's a, that's a good decision. And she says, yeah. Cause we were in San Francisco and there was a parade going on and there was a guy riding his bike without any clothes. And I said to myself right then, I will never do that. <laughs> so you may be, that may make your point that maybe eight is a little too young. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and another one was, uh, I tried to do this with some little girls once that I was, uh, working with and at, with the church group. And I said, so what do you think? What do you think you would do? And I think this was, these were nine, nine year olds or something. Yeah. And, uh, and this little girl said, I will have a puppy. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's my <laughs> like, decision. in advance. <laughs> oh shoot. That's not exactly what we meant, but, but we talked it through. I mean, she probably will have a puppy, but maybe not until she gets married and has, because her parents were not <laughs> happy about thinking about a puppy. Thanks a lot. Um, Linda, but, um, anyway, it, it really is interesting. It's fun. You know, make it fun. Don't make it dead serious. So let's take a brief break, and when we get back, we're going to walk you through what we think is really the steps or the procedure or the sort of ABC way of doing the best job you can with helping kids to make these decisions in advance and, and how to make it stick. And, and we're going to ask you parents to use your imaginations in order to do this. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Today we're up at our beautiful Bear Lake and waiting for, well, actually we have a lot of people here with us, a lot of kids. Five of our nine kids have arrived and we've got more coming and then my sister and her family are coming. So we'll have we'll have a wonderful huge group today to uh, have a good time with. We hope you enjoyed your you're enjoying your summer. It's it's always exciting in the summer. Today we're talking about making decisions in advance. If you're just joining us, 
we um, have had a system that we've used with our kids. Luckily, somebody suggested when our kids were young. And it's never really too late to start. Well, maybe if your kids are 18, it's too late. To, and well, no, maybe that's a good time to start making <laughs> well, decisions we have, in Well, we've watched a lot of families go through this. And so we sort of know what works best. And I'm going to give you sort of a four or five step outline, and then we'll elaborate a little on it. First of all, because you want this to be a permanent thing. You don't want this to be one little discussion or a couple little talks that fade away. So go out and get your kids, and maybe a lot of you already have something where they, where they have a journal, and it's a nice journal. Journaling is another topic that we should talk about someday, but kids writing in journals, not on a computer, but in a journal with a pen is a wonderful thing on many levels. But but reserve a place at the back of the journal, a couple of pages, and and set it up with the child again, one on one, talking about there are some decisions you can make right now. Let's label these last couple of pages decisions I have already made or decisions I have made in advance and then get into the kind of talk we're going now. What kind of things could you decide now? What are some things, even though you're only 10 or 11 or whatever you are right now or 12? What are some things you could decide right now? And just and you're not writing it in the journal yet. You're just talking about it. And and kids need to warm up on this. They're not they're, some kids are right in it. Others are like, well, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You know, well, could you decide, you know, what are some bad things that could happen to you that you want to decide right now won't happen? Let them think, talk about it. Avoid giving them a lot of answers yourself. Just probe and probe until they think. What are some things that you know you want to do? Even though you can't do them for a few more years, what are some things? And get the kid just thinking and thinking and thinking. With some kids, it's hard to get them into that mode. With others, you can hardly shut them off. Well, I know I'm going to go to college. Well, I know I'm going to play in the NFL. Well, I know I'm going to, you know, and, that, and a lot of them have a lot of things. And so you're saying, well, we're not going to write them down yet. We're just thinking about it. It's not a bad idea to have one meeting where they're wanting, I want to write that down. I want, that's number one. I want to write that down and sign it and date it. You're like, well, let's, let's just wait a minute. And then when you finally, here's the most important step. When, when you, when the child finally comes up with something, let's say the child says, okay, I, I know that I am not going to drink alcohol. And, and you say, well, that, I, you know, that's good. But let me give you some case studies, or you don't have to use that word. Let, let's 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 use our imaginations. Let's let's pretend something. Let's you're you're ten now. Let's say it's seven years from now. You're seventeen, and you're at a party, and uh, the, a lot of the kids are drinking beer, and and you're starting to feel really strange because you're the only one that isn't. And there's this girl there that you really like. And she says, would you please not be such a goody good? Would you just try a sip of this? And what are you going to say? And you try to set it up. You don't just rush through that. You, you make it elaborate. I'm going to have Linda uh, give you another sort of example. You got to use your imagination. Make some, I, we ran into one guy said, I, I have my child shut his eyes. And I try to put him in a situation where he can really see it. And the other kids are around him and they're saying this and they're saying that and they're saying this. What are you going to say? And he said, the first couple of times I did that kid was like, I don't I don't know what I'd say. And the dad said, well, let's not put that on your list yet. Let's think about it a little more until you know what you'd say, and what you would do. Right. Yeah. We <clears throat> we've talked with people all around the world about this parents and Often we've had uh, the kids come in, 
kids, uh, I think 12 and up, um, and for a final session. I mean, the whole thing has not been on this, but we bring the kids in and we talk to them about how important it is to make decisions in mass to give the parents a little help on this. And uh, we once were actually in Egypt um, with a group of wonderful parents and they had brought their kids in for the last hour. And uh, we, I said to the kids now, who can think of something that you've decided right now? You are sure you are not going to not going to do something or that you are going to do something. And this this cute boy stood up and raised his hand. His name is Andrew. And I said, Andrew, what is it? And he said, I will never take drugs. I said, oh, that is a great idea, Andrew. Now, let's think about this, though. I mean, you're he was 12. I said, you're 12 now. Think about five years from now. Five years from now, you're going to uh, be in high school. And um, what if the most popular girl in the school, girl, girl you've been really thinking is so cool uh, your whole life, uh, asks you to go to a party on a weekend? You say, sure, I'd love to go. And you get there, and there's maybe 15, 14 kids, you know, seven, six or seven couples there. And uh, after you've been there about a half an hour, she comes to you and says, Andrew, here. Um, you got to try this little pill. It is so amazing. You just take this now and it is going to make, it's going to do things to you. You cannot imagine. And you'll be in, by the time you go home, you'll be ready to, you know, you'll be just like you are now, but you're going to have such a good time with all of us. And, and everyone here, everyone has tried this pill. Andrew, what are you going to do? And the other kids are standing around you and they're like, you know, putting the pressure on. And um, so Andrew's, he thought about it. It was really cute. He thought about it, and he there was he, tension he was in the standing, room. <laughs> actually, you know, telling us this story and telling us this decision. And he put his hands on his hips and said, "I would say I promised myself when I was 12 years old that I would never take drugs. Do you want me to break my promise?" And then we were like, "Yes, man, right on." I mean, we had no contact with him since then. I don't know how well he's done that, but he <laughs> has thought about it. He thought about it and decided right then and it's not foolproof i have to say this is not a guarantee that your kids are going to follow through on this but if it's their decision you can talk to them about drugs and alcohol and getting a great education forever premarital sex pornography yes. you can talk yourself blue in the face and until they have made the decision it's not going to make much difference they have to decide this is what i want for me for my life and it is really pretty amazing what happens when they own their own decisions. Now, a couple of cautions. Um, what you don't want to do is have kids put something on there that you know they're not going to follow up on. I mean, uh, and plus a lot of these are too trivial. Like I, I, I will not, uh, you know, I will not drink soda or I. I will, For the rest of my life. I yeah. will not look at uh, uh, anything bad on my friend's computer. Well, and that's a good idea, but but you want to say, well, let's refine that a little more because what you don't want is for a kid to write something on there and it's a big deal and you've made a big deal of it and he's signed it and he's dated it and three days later he, he violates and he, it can lead to a sense of failure. On the other hand, if it is a good decision like – you know, I will I will avoid pornography or I will avoid drugs or whatever. And 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 you want to be close enough to the child that if he has a slip up of some kind or gets close or has a 
temptation he didn't avoid. You want to have one one byproduct of this kind of discussion is you want it to be an open book. You want to revisit that list every once in a while. And you want a trust level where the child would say, I had a little trouble with this one the other day, Dad. I, I, a, a mom was telling me about a child who'd put on his list, I will never cheat on a test. And they'd had a test and he had he had seen an answer on another kid's page and he sort of rationalized it like we all do. I think I, I think I would have got that right anyway. You know, I think I would have figured that out. And he put it down. He was feeling guilt. This is not an exercise to help kids feel guilt. You want them to be able to talk to you about it. And you, you want to have a thing where you can remake that decision. You learned something from that, didn't you, Alice? What do you do next time it happens? And you've got like another case study, right? Yeah. And I think <clears throat> going along with all this, that you need to be sure that there's some positive things in their minds too, not right. just, I won't do this, but I will do this. I really am going to go to college. And, you know, maybe if that becomes tech school or a different kind of education than than a formal college, that's all right. But they, they need to have in their mind that they want to be educated, that they want to know about what's going on in the world and how things work and and uh, also with with relationships, you know, to have really right. good re- good right. relationships with friends and to be a good friend and so on. And these are big decisions. You know, you don't want little things on there. You're gonna have a lot of little deals with your kids. The reason I said soda is some of our grandkids right now are trying to go a year without drinking no, soda. One of them is, one of is them, yeah, left, yeah, and yeah. she has. She's done the one it. left. Is, she so, has amazing. She so does those it. are great. What I'm saying is those are great, but th- these are big things. The, in fact, let, let's try to give you some some. We've watched, like I say, thousands of families do this, and the ones that are probably going to appear on there. And again, you want the child to think of it, not you. You know, they involve drugs or they involve alcohol. They involve safety, especially driving with kids who've been drinking or wearing seat belts or not going in cars that are going too fast and so on. They involve positive things like you say, Linda, I'll go to college, I'll I'll finish, uh, you know, I'll I'll stay with this piano teacher until I'll get through the the next three years and can play such and such piece. I mean it can be things like that. I will I will um, I, I will, you know, avoid pornography. That's a tough one because kids are gonna see it. You've got to think of it in a way. I will not go to a site that has pornography. Well, that's yeah, and that's a whole that's another a whole another subject. subject because they are going to be exposed to it. It's it's an important thing to talk about during this discussion. Yeah, and, about and how some, to divert. Some are easy. I mean, a lot of guys. I'm not going to smoke, and and they may not have as serious a temptation on that as some of the others, but they decide it. I will not have sex before I'm married. You know, again, we're not suggesting what your items should be, and you shouldn't suggest them to your kids, but you should get into discussions. Can you decide now? And, and in with that discussion is why is it important to decide now? Do you understand peer pressure? Tell them another story. This is where I say parents have to, and a lot of you say, gee, I, I can't, I don't have an imagination. I can't think of something. Yes, you can. Think about it beforehand. Think about it while you're with the child create a scenario. Sometimes you'll even say, let me tell you something that happened to me when I was 15 and you're going to be 15 in three years or whatever. Kids are sort of marvel when they realize that you were once their age and you can still remember some stories and so on. So set it up and let it be an ongoing thing and sort of have that list in the back of this journal. Say to the child, I'd love you to share with me whenever you decide to put something new in there and I'll give you some case studies that'll help you decide what you're gonna say. 
it really has been something that our kids know exactly what they wrote. Uh, they had some really good luck with following through on their commitments. Um, they, I, can you remember of, I don't see anybody, I don't remember anybody agonizing over something that they didn't do, but maybe they well, did. Well, yeah, a couple, of, a couple of our boys had put some things on there that they slipped on a little bit. They weren't really serious, but we revisited it. We sat down, we went into it. What happened? What, what can you do next time? So that doesn't repeat, you know? Right. So it's a, it's a living document. It's ongoing. We want to wish you luck with that. I mean, if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and say, I don't want my kids to ever make a bad choice, how much would that be worth? And this is sort of a way of approaching that, making decisions in advance, telling case studies, getting them prepared, putting it in their journal. Right. So we wish you the very best and happy summer to you all. We'll talk again next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.